When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Kids, don't take up sport. Take up baking or something. Die at 60, really fat and happy. Firstly, my guest today, do you know who said that? Oh, you're testing me now, you're testing me. It's been a long day, my brain's frazzled from Christmas shopping. It probably, I'm going to go Jimmy Neesham. It is Jimmy Neesham, it is Jimmy Neesham. Jimmy Neesham. Of course, of course. Um, a wise, wise man indeed. Joining me on the pod, you may have, you know, if you if that did not quite give it away, he's the man who you've heard at the end of the pods in recent weeks. You've ever been listening to the end of the pods, by the way, people. You better have not just been stopped saying when I'll see you next week. There's there's, there's, there's added time. There's added time. He Gabs is the Marvel post credits uh, equivalent on the podcast. That is Gabs. I've introduced you, Gabs. How are we, my man? Yeah, I mean, you know what they say: prepared to preparation is key. I said to said in the voice note in my last week, United and Everton away in a week. Is just recipe for disaster, really. Absolute recipe for disaster. And here we are. Indeed, indeed, and disaster ensued. Um, yeah, I don't think it takes a it takes an oracle to 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 have predicted what we've seen in the last week, but uh it's just experience of watching Chelsea for for a number of times. Um Gabs, do you do you want people to follow you on Twitter or are you, are you not too fast? Like do you want to give yourself a plug? Yeah, yeah. So I'm at one GFB, so Oscar November Echo GFB. Um, a bit, a bit of Chelsea on there. A lot of cricket, a lot of basketball as well. After the Lakers win last night in the inaugural F, um, FA Cup of basketball, they're calling it now. And um, yeah, a bit of lower league stuff as well. I watched them, the local team, a fair bit. Granted, there's a lot of negativity at the moment. So yeah, football's great. Love it. Absolutely love it. Lovely, lovely stuff. Gab's links will be in the description below. Right. Oh. In one and a half seasons, Chelsea have gone from an elite European side, albeit one built on a two-cool tightrope but was showing signs of fraying, to also rands. We knew there would be challenges, we knew there would be regression, but nobody could have predicted how far we've fallen 12th place at the time of recording. This is the most hapless and helpless I, and I'm sure many others, have felt since this new ownership takeover. And I specifically say new ownership because this generation of fans have experienced far worse than us. Um... Right now, Chelsea feels a broken club, and I'm not sure when, if, how we get it back. Fans are striving for a connection, and one simply isn't there at the moment. I reckon the 17 other clubs fans, maybe even all 19 in this league, having more fun than us right now, and that includes a team who had a literal 10-point deduction, and his fans have been, you know, screaming, fuck the Premier League, the Premier League clubs, etc. The only ones I think that are up for debate are Crystal Palace with Roy Hodgson, Sheffield United, and now maybe that's questionable, given Chris Wilde's returned. I think a few weeks ago that was a a dead set and Burnley but again it's Burnley and they play some nice stuff Gabs thoughts and would you agree that Chelsea are probably you know the least enjoyable Premier League team to support right now yeah I'd, I'd say they're definitely in oh, oh yeah the Sheffield United one's weird because you know I've been reading pretty much like before the season started from their fans that they were going to do worse than Derby and I was like oh okay like, it's a bit odd to have that view and then lo and behold they've been pretty useless this season. Burnley, I think Burnley kind of knew where they were already because I believe when they went out there, American owner said um, basically we had a three-year plan to get out of the championship to go back to the Prem and we're kind of ahead of our target. So I kind of think company's got a bit of a saving grace this season. Uh, Palace, I think Palace probably bottom now for me currently. Um, yeah, they didn't really want Roy back, did they? Um, yeah, I mean, when do we play them? I'm sure. I'm sure spirits will be lifted soon when they play us at the fridge. Well, I mean, we do. That is the one thing we do. We we're on like some mad 13 or 14 game winning run on against Crystal Palace or something something crazy. And a lot of those are also like last minute wins as well. So they are probably yeah. actually 
with one fixture uh, they're dreading. But yeah, the reason for the negativity, the reason for frustration is because Chelsea lost two in Goodson Park this afternoon. And it means they have won 39 points from 39 Premier League games in 2023 so far. No ever-present Premier League side have won fewer in this period, excluding deductions. And one of those teams that we mentioned that may be having a worse than us is Crystal Palace. Um, the other with <laughs> their 39 is Nottingham Forest. Um, Gabs. It means Chelsea, Chelsea have now lost five of their last six games at Goodson Park. Thoughts. I feel like that was just, I mean, the performance is bad. But I feel like, at, in compared to Man United and Newcastle, I'm not the levels of anger, frustration, annoyance as I was then. It's just a performance I've seen at Goodson Park. Not un, just not just under Poch. I've seen it under Tuchel. I've seen it under Sari. I've seen it under Frank. I've seen it under Jose. Ugh, a miserable, miserable afternoon, but was highly predictable. Oh yeah, like you, you look at the stats in terms of passes, possession. It, it, we've seen it all before. You could honestly, I've just watched two, so I'm going to use a bit. Checking a few doctor who references, could have got a Tardis. You know, put that game whatever season, and yeah, we've seen it all before. Like it's just, what is the issue at Everton? Like why can't they play at Goodison? What is it? I don't, it's baffling. Baffling. You, you know what you're going to get when you go there, and it's like they don't know how to contain it. Like, were Everton good? Don't really think so. But as usual, I just think they wanted it more than us. Yeah, pretty, pretty simple. Uh, and Gaz, it's probably a first half. But actually, I messaged you, and I said first half. I just like replied with a sleeping emoji. But I was like, but that's an improvement from uh, that's an improvement from from my midweek because Chelsea were not. Oh, really poor defensively. They're not really open defensively. I wouldn't say they had control of that game, but they were not necessarily in huge danger. It was nil-nil. We created some chances. Enzo had a shot saved. Palmer had a shot saved. Uh, Mudrick had given Ashley Young some problems. Um, but then when you take, when he gets replaced and comes, you know, and where Mudrick is facing, not uh, a fullback who should be, you know, playing in, in testimonials uh, or charity events. Um, <laughs> his luck did, did lessen there. He puts in a nice cross for Armando Broya, uh fires over um but gabs i guess the story of chelsea first half in a lot of games nil nil uh had some chances don't take him and then they get caught out at some point relatively early in the second half and that is just what happened here and it's really poor and it was you know probably avoidable because dwight mcneil's running and conor gallagher does decide not to take him out that stunned me given that conor gallagher i feel has been sort of a master of sort of cynical yeah, bow now I know he went too far against Brighton, but that stunned me how he didn't take him out there. If there's any player, Chelsea player, you want in that situation there, it's Gallagher, because you know he's going to take him out. But does he think he's on the yellow again? Like, what? I'm baffled. You you fully want to know your Rodri's, he's taken him out. Henderson, who's in the path, will take him out. Fabinho takes him out. All of those elite players that are kind of masters of the dark arts there, masters of the tactical foul, are fouling them there. I'm absolutely baffled how he hasn't, why, what, what made him put his hands up and go, no, I'm not fouling here. You've got to be taking a yellow there, surely. Got to be. Yeah, and it allows uh, the pass to get through uh, to, to Cavalloon, who shot is saved by Sanchez, uh, but it falls to Decore and he places it in the opposite corner to where Sanchez uh, dies from. Um, and Chelsea 1-0 down, and at that point, I think we probably thought, right, that's a good night. Uh, we've seen this tale a thousand <laughs> times before, and it kind of was. Chelsea huffed and puffed a bit, as as they do, um, uh, and they then concede late on. Uh, Everton score the second to, you know, kill the game off, put us out of our misery, etc. Um, yeah, it was just just a mess, and that second half, yeah, again, worse than the, a lot, lot worse than the first half. I don't actually remember Chelsea really doing much at all. In that second half, there's maybe a little goal mouth, potential goal mouth scramble at one point. And goal mouth scramble is probably being quite generous there. There was a bit of a, you know, pinball around the box a tiny bit. Um, yeah. Gabs, Reese James went off injured again. Uh, actually, <laughs> I genuinely reckon this is... I, I struggle to know how Chelsea have handled a player so badly. Like, we are oh. very bad at handling, like, players' development in general. But he's like, this is a star. And maybe that, maybe that is the reason why. But boy, he can't stay fit. Like it's, he's out, and then he's back for a game or two, and then he's out again. I just Chelsea's handling of Reese James the last 
couple of seasons has been abysmal and said on pub before so they've got to fix up because we are in danger of ruining the one one of our best players one of our few really really good players who do you think's more mismanaged Joffre Archer or Reese James ooh ooh that's <laughs> that's one for any cricket lovers out there that's a good that's a good question because I mean I, just, I, oh, I feel for the lad man it's like I went. Um, I went and looked at his injury record. He had nothing at Wigan, nothing at Wigan, and last season he picked up like seven injuries. It's mad. The only person I can actually compare his injury record to is Naby Caters, which is yeah. extraordinary. Go and have a look at that after we after we finish recording that, or everyone listening. That is extraordinary. Um, I just feel for the lad. I don't know if it's just the intensity of the Premier League that his body can't hack. You know, similar to what we've seen with kind of Jack Wiltshire and Theo Walcott in the past, sort of players that have peaked at a young age and then obviously as their bodies just kind of got used to the pace of the game, etc., just kind of crumbled. And I feel like even Mount's kind of having that sort of period now. And I think, you know, you've seen Owen as well. It's just almost like when these kids are coming through, it's almost like sometimes you've got to just manage their workload so we don't have a situation like this. Yeah, no, yeah. no, indeed. I think uh, Rhys James has been called manager and said on the mount point, I think we are basically just seeing a player who was run into the ground by Chelsea and Man United off feeling the effects, which, you know, Chelsea's decision to sell the mount now looks quite a good one in hindsight, given what we've gone on, but we shall leave Mason Mount out there. Yeah, it was really disappointing. And again, it just makes the decision to pick Rhys James as Chelsea's captain. That bit more laughable and Rhys and uh, <laughs> Ben Chilwell, Chelsea's vice-captain. Yeah, um, but at least the Chelsea player didn't get some this week. Gabs, it was an interesting team. Levi Colwell goes from captaining Chelsea midweek to sitting on the substitutes bench. Um, Ben Wabadishu is back which again I thought made sense given Everton are quite a physical side um, but then I see Everton tall physical side my mind does not go okay let's play Mark Cucurella right back <laughs> it was just I was being Badishu buzz back in I got why I didn't play Man United midweek just because he's coming back from injury Cucurella starting right back was bizarre and I know Levi Cobble was abysmal at Man United I mean they all were Levi, Levi was really really poor well, that was a surprise, and I, you know, it, to me, it just kind of just shows sort of the, the chaotic thing in Chelsea. But he, he goes from being your captain midweek, albeit there's some players, some injuries and suspensions. But he goes from being your captain midweek to then just being on your bench of a weekend. Just, just screams, just baffling. And Chelsea, not you know, just muddled thinking to me right now. We really are in the banter era, aren't we? We really are in the banter era. You know, we've spent billions, and whatever right back we have. They can't seem to say fit. So we've just gone, yeah, we'll chuck a left back there. And even against Brighton as well, Matson came on at right back when he's a natural left back. Uh, but the thing is, what, what what puzzles me a bit is we've seen Dezazi play right back and he's more than capable of playing right back. So you think, put Dezazi at right back, Badia Shield, Colwell... And then either Cucurella or Matson as your left back, but I, I don't know what the thinking is. I know, I know, obviously, we've seen managers like to kind of play inverted wingers, but is wing backs now the is that now becoming a thing? Is it inverted wing backs? So the wing back almost goes in, and then the winger goes round them on the outside. Like I, I don't know. I, personally, I'm not for it. Like, yeah, it just doesn't work for me. Doesn't work for me. You see Cucurella trying to tackle as well with his left foot, and it just kind of makes it easier for the winger because they just know every time, right? If I go around the outside, I can kind of make him look a bit sillier, which is kind of what Anthony did on Wednesday when there's a video going viral which had Cucurella running in the opposite direction of his back turn. So hopefully he addresses that because I know a lot of fans now are getting very frustrated about it. Yeah, and I will say if you that clip is funny because he literally does the one thing you probably like. Of all the things of Ed Stafford, he chooses the one thing you wouldn't have called. And also to make Anthony look quite good. Yeah, <laughs> that also just sums up the state of Chelsea midweek. Um, yeah. Enzo Fernandez is hooked after 66 minutes. The blow looks knackered. Chelsea, like, please, please look after Enzo Fernandez. Poor boy. The poor boy is like running on fumes at this point. It was oh. really, really poor. Gabs, a stop for your man, Armando Bro. I say your man because you are you are quite big on Armando. I just unfortunately today I just don't think he had much service. He did all right, you know. I thought he gave um, uh, Bramfleet some potential issues. Like he was he, a decent, compete quite well against Bramfleet. This was quite a game, just not really a game for him. It was just poor. 
for whatever reason, Chelsea in the final third, yeah, they just couldn't string anything together, could they? Yeah, it was almost like as well. Sometimes they just wanted to score the perfect goal. Like there was a part, there was a chance. I think the ball was pulled back to Palmer, Palmer, and I'm just thinking, hit that first time, hit that first time. He's just taking a few touches, trying to put it onto his left, and it was almost, it's almost same old Everton again, where there's just that lack of cutting edge where you just need to put your foot through it. Like Jackson had one immediately after coming on as well, where he's just tried to nicely place it in the bottom corner. When if you put his foot through and get it on target, you don't know what's going to happen then. But it's like, yeah, everything needs to be like particular and neat and precise. Or sometimes you've just got to hit ball in anger. And yeah, on Armando, Royer, I, I think it kind of it was summed up really though, the fact Jackson came on from had a chance immediately. <laughs> He's probably there sat on the bench going, "Oh come on," because yeah, he had, it, it was a strange one for him, I, and it's kind of what people have thought for a while that. He's got the physical presence. He's got the pace, but he can be a bit of a passenger. And I kind of felt today he he was he was quite quiet, wasn't he? Like he won't hide away from the fact he's quite quiet. But I like to see him now have a run, just because we've seen what Jackson's got. But we, you know, how long's Broyer Chelsea now? He's had a few loans. But we, I don't think we've really get, got to see him have a good run in the team to actually know how decent this guy is. So I'd like to see him now start a few. Especially because, looking at our run now, there's going to be a lot of low blocks. And I think someone with that height and stature might just be what we need to kind of get over our hoodoo of the low block. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Uh, we did also see uh, an unplanned Premier League debut for Jordi Petrovic. Uh, Robert Sanchez goes off injured. Um, Gabs, I'm not going to hammer the young lad too much. It's his Premier League debut, but he did not, you know... Set himself to a positive light, comes for a corner, flaps at it, and it falls straight to Dobbins. Yep, that is a real person. Or Dobbin. I think it's his first ever Everton goal as well or something. Of course, it's typical Chelsea. Uh, it comes to a flap at a, a corner, goes straight to him, and that's the goal that kills it off. Yeah, it was really, really just disappointing. And it just feels that Chelsea are... And I just feel there's just a period in that game as well. Like, you could just tell, like, yeah, Chelsea are flat. You could... You, What's really you can tell in games now when they've kind of feel like they've given up. That's like really, yeah. but you can just tell like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, no, it's gone. There's no point. You you saw it like midweek as soon as we went two one down, you're like, oh, okay, and then there's just that period where after Everton go one nil up, nothing really happens, and then as typical Chelsea do, they're still in the game, so they go with you know in the last ten minutes, they go, okay, maybe maybe we'll start like going through the gears a tiny bit. Oh no, that didn't work. Okay, yeah, we we're back to losing faith. And then Everton kill off. Yeah, just really, really, really frustrating. 12th from Premier League table right now. Life is not fair. Life Dizzy, is not, Dizzy not heights fair. of 12th. Eh? It's, eh, we've improved by one place since on 13th last season. Eh? Trust the process. Oh, we're, we're, yeah. Small, 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 tiny steps indeed. But yeah, <laughs> it was, it was depressing. Um, and the fact is that, yeah, we are, I mean, we're the worst side. We're back again to be the worst side in West London. We've had two final wins this week. They've got above us. <laughs> Brentford are above us on goal difference. We're back to being the worst side in West London. It's been, uh, it's been the consistency. Problem. We've got we've got consistency at least. Yeah, you know, consistently. Shit, cons- but unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> consistently shy is what it is. Ah, um, oh, Gabs. Before we get into listener questions and there's none on really on on posh and this question how are you feeling about posh because i i like the appointment when we made it and i think he's a good coach and i don't think he's all of a sudden not a good coach i think the last week he's done some things that have not helped his cause with lineups etc lack of subs in certain games is certain subs in other games how do you feel because granted it it's a lot of it is just going by social media. But even again, I'm checking social media and seeing people from the view from fans of the game as well. And there seems to be this is the most negative feeling I've seen towards Posh since he arrived. How do you kind of just feel about that right now? Because again, jokingly, a lot of people say Jose Mourinho part three, but I'm not going to go down that conversation. <laughs> part of me just thinks that whoever you come in, whoever you bring in, is just not going to work. Yeah, I, I, I got to that stage. I have zero faith in. Who they, if they got rid of Pat Poch, who they'd appoint next? I have zero faith that that appointment would work. So I'm kind of just in the view. I just want to just give Poch, you know, to give Poch a season and just see 
Warbox out. It's probably just shows the state, but in one and a half years, I've basically lost faith in the decision making and real, really, yeah. the idea of what this club wants to do and the direction it wants to go in. Because I don't know. I don't. Poch hasn't covered himself in glory, but I don't think there's a quick solution. I think there's a a myriad of problems that are you know are only gonna get get bigger. No, I'm exactly with you. I, I've I've noticed actually the last week anyway, the tide is starting to change on him. Um, for me, yeah, I get it's a young team. I I get all of that, but I think you want to see improvement. But if anything, we're seeing one step forward, two steps back, one step forward, two steps back. And let's be honest, I don't think he knows his best team yet. The and he he's going to have when the, those players are back fit. There's going to be some egos there that don't want to sit on the bench. So he's going to have to manage that. He's going to have to really establish what his best team is. Like, have we? I'll be intrigued to know if we've actually started the same back line consistent, like two, three games in a row yet this season, with players playing in their actual positions. It's yeah, it's like. Hard on because I want them to do well because obviously I want Chelsea to do well, you know. But I don't like. I'm with you as well. I don't think there's anyone better out there to take us forward. I feel like Potter has always been that sort of coach that can kind of calm things down. Like he calms Spurs down in their period of just like utter useless and just kind of got them going in the right direction. He also did the same with PSG. Granted, he didn't win the league the first season, but then he managed to kind of get them going in the right direction managing all those egos in there so basically it's a long-winded answer of saying i have no idea just like the club when they turn up on a weekly basis and perform <laughs> i don't know what we're gonna get i don't think he knows what he's gonna get um did you see his um, comments on match of the day also about um basically <laughs> basically talk about the transfer window already yeah, and I, um, it was also quite telling. This is a man who was quite happy not to spend money at Spurs. Yeah. <laughs> so he must really, really <laughs> grasp if that's one be interpreting that as, yeah, bored, I'm not happy with some of these players you bought. Get me some actual proper, get me yeah. some proper footballers. I don't know, because I, you do see tra- spending money and my immediate thought goes, well, we've all, we've spent close to a billion. I think, I, 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 we, was it 379 mil we spent in the summer? Let me get a thing from Nizar. I can say it was like 379.5 oh, mil spent in the just summer. The just like, me up, honestly. Yeah, 379.5 spent this summer. And also, and Gabs, and I'm like, okay, Chelsea spend on, but then I see that we're spending like 34 million on a 16 year old. Oh, honestly, it's not, 34 million back in the day got you Kante, it got you Hazard. I know football has changed, but I'm like, he's a 16 year old. 16 year old. He's on those GCSEs on the equipment in Brazil. <laughs> You've just got and a lot of a really good player. He may be a wonder kid, but I'm like Chelsea. You go, you keep like all these like wonder kids. Like, cool. How are they all going to fit into this team? <laughs> because the other players they're replacing are like 21. Like, they're mm-hmm. not exactly. Oh, I yeah. Know, you I don't laugh or cry when you. Really. I just like I just cry when I see him spend more money because <laughs> I'm like, well, that's brilliant. Because this squad, and I just go, we just. It's like. I just look at it and go, which could be the same position as we were January last year with Potter, like where we've got two bigger squads yeah. to manage. I'm yeah. like, my my income is like January, we get get some outgoings. Unfortunately, someone like Martin, I think, is gone. You know, I was thinking, you know, at the time, like him among some others will go. And then you go, oh yeah, we're going to spend more money in January. I'm like, Chelsea, what are you going to do? What do you, how, we, how are you going to spend it? Because if, I swear to God, if there's some more like 20 year olds or under six, like, or if, if, if the, if Bodhi goes to Brazil and continues his human trafficking operation, like, just stop, please. <laughs> It's yeah, it is quite that was quite boring to hear. Just talk about the transfer window because it kind of also makes me think how many of those players we signed in the summer really did Poch approve of, and how many was he just going well? He's yeah. new to the club, he just wants to like stay in the good books and go, Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. The yes man, yeah, people were sp- fearful as well, weren't they? That he's going to be a bit of a yes man, yeah, exactly. And now he's like crying for more players, like, Well, we sport some in the summer, and now you're wanting more, and it's just, yeah, no, it's just a mess, and it just feels like Chelsea are just you know. Just keep throwing money at the problem. That's that definitely that definitely always works, chaps. Um, yeah, I said it, it's tough with Poch right now, and it does. And it's just frustrating because you see what happens in games against Liverpool, in Arsenal, Spurs, and City. Albeit Spurs, caveat I've said, many times of nine men, but there's lots to like about them in those games, and there's spirit and courage and all those intangible things. And then there's like today, and I'm like, well, that's the third. I'm like, that's the yeah, that's the third pretty poor performance in the last four games. 
it is and a good, just it like is a good squad. I think it is a good squad. I think they should be at least seventh or eighth now for that squad. Because I, honestly, I don't think there's any excuse. With that. I think it's a good enough, capable team as we've seen in those games. But I think there's a serious mentality issue. I, th- I think, Gabs, I think it's a good... I think you look at those players we've got and I think they're talented individuals. I just don't think mm. it's a team. They're good for whatever yeah. reason. I look at Axel Dazazi and I go, granted, we had Trevor Chalabar. Was it a necessary signing? But I think you're a DC, you're a, you're a good player. Yeah. We obviously know Levi, Levi Cobble returned from loan from Brian's a good player. Moises Caicedo, we know he's a good player. There's, there's like good players here. But for whatever reason, as a team, we can't, you know, we can't get them to work as a, a team. It's bizarre because I said we're 12, but you wouldn't say Fulham have got a better team than us. Brentford have got no. a better team than us. West Ham have got a better team than us. They've got some good players, West Ham, but I wouldn't, you wouldn't really say they've got a better team than us. I wouldn't really say Brighton have necessarily got a better team than us, but they just are a better team than us. Yep. <laughs> that makes sense. Newcastle, again, I think you can. De- Newcastle probably fair, probably do maybe have a be- better team than us, but they've got a team, and I feel guys, what we're yeah. talking about a lot of <laughs> these are teams. We're, we're individuals. Mm. We are. We just feel like a, a a group of individuals at the moment, which is a real, real shame. And it just is a a mess and all good feeling has gone since that last international break, hasn't it? Like, we're going into that international break, off back of a forward against him, going, right, okay, you know, this was a tough run of fixtures we're in, and granted, there was still, you know, Newcastle to come, etc. after break, but we're going, well, we've, you know, got points from Spurs, City, uh, Spurs, City, and Arsenal, and we're like, those, over time, we're like, these are the top teams of the division. They And they kind of still are, and you're going, okay. And then this goes, and you're like, ah. Oh. It's just really yeah. hard to really know what Chelsea, it feels now that we are just, you know, Again, reality that yeah, Chelsea are going to basically be a team, uh, are just a mediocre mid-table team right now, aren't we? That's just what it feels like. Like those, we're a mediocre mid-table team that will kind of just put in a decent performance against the big sides, which is basically kind of what like a, I don't know, yeah, you know, a a Brentford, do, or yeah, a Brentford, a Brentford do. Or, yeah, I'm looking at the table now, like ninth West Ham, tenth Fulham. That's what those teams do. Those teams will make go make it awkward against the big teams and then drop a clangor against like Luton. <laughs> You know, yep. so people can't moan. Oh, yeah! If we did this different, we did this different. We'll be higher up. At the end of the day, we're mid-table because we're inconsistent. The table doesn't lie. Now we're what? How many games into the season are we now? Like the table doesn't yeah, lie. Sixteen, sixteen yeah. games in. Yeah, the table doesn't lie. No, I think the only thing that's given me hope is that Villa were in a similar situation this time last season, and then all it took was a manager to come in and just kind of change the mentality of that club. Get everyone pulling in the right direction and look at them now. So that's the only thing I'm kind of clinging on to. There's just like a bit of like, hopefully the penny will drop soon. And I guess then the difference is there, but I think people did see Villa actually did have a decent squad. They were just drastically yeah. underperforming. Where you look at Chelsea and like, well, I do think you're right, it is a good squad and it is underperforming. I don't think it's underperformed to the extent Villa were back then. But yeah, a completely, completely good point there. And it mm. is, it is interesting. You just wonder, but then. Also, just wonder if you look at Villa, that probably just feels like a club that's better on than us right now and probably yeah. more cohesive. And I think Gabs ultimately, like, it's probably just a top, like, it's just everywhere because Chelsea have removed a lot of people since the new ownership over. A lot of people in positions of power have mm. left. And it probably just does contribute at some point to to the mess that we are seeing because yeah. there's a lot of experience there and there's a lot of getting their people in to do it. But again, with a great respect to those people, those people have been at clubs like Brighton and Monaco, who are mm. you know, good you know, good clubs have been well run, etc. But not the expectations of Chelsea, and not the exact precious yeah. in our you know pressure cooker that is Chelsea. It feels like they've kind of done away with a lot of people and kind of gone, we'll do it on our own. And really, they're sort of coming up short and probably m- missing a few mm. experienced heads sort of in higher positions to sort of help them because it just feels like you look at it and you go. We're signing talented players, but what is we're signing talented players, but what is the plan if we not we can't get them to work? Like surely there's gotta be Yeah, yeah. It's Chelsea are confusing. We, we yeah, don't really make sense. Like a culture change, isn't it? Like we've we've had two different teams now from the start of the year and the second half of the year. Yet we're still bottom, aren't we, for like performances out of the seventeen teams still in the league. Which has made me think like if last season's team played the team today, who do you think would win? See, this is this is this is this is do last season's do last season's Chelsea team think it's a Champions League game? Yeah, because if if it's a Champions League game, then they get up for it. 
But then yeah. this season's Chelsea, if it's a big game, they also get up for it. Yeah. So it sort of cancels out. Do we basically, because I think, right, if you just do last season's Chelsea, just, a, you know, just what we saw for basically 80, 90% of the season and this season's Chelsea, which we're seeing right now, you probably get a, re- a really poor low quality nil nil. Yeah. If both teams, if both, if both teams are on it though, maybe we get a high quality nil nil. Um, yeah. I well, know. Either that we or should five be, all, like literally yeah. that or five all. It'll be one or the other. It won't be. What they should do is put that is do what they did in COVID and you know have the audacity to charge people like fourteen ninety five for a, like pay per view like Sheffield United Fulham. Put that pay per view <laughs> a la Sheffield United Fulham. See how many people how many suckers pay for it. Just to see, <laughs> yeah, who would win last season Chelsea or this season Chelsea? And how good slash bad would the quality of the match be? Yeah. That would be that would be an interesting one to do. I mean, yeah, obviously, don't tell Bernie; you get it'll be all over it with. You know, we'll, we'll get yeah, sell, sell it PPV etc. No, it is. But you have to raise a good point because we said this season Chelsea's performances, on the whole, feel better than last season. Yeah, but the reality is we're kind of still about the same. And obviously, at this yeah. point, this season compared to last season, we're in a worse place. Albeit, as I said. It'll probably, as the season goes on, we'll probably, you know, you wouldn't be surprised if it ends up a serious place. But as I said, for all the talk about, you know, performances feeling better, etc., largely compared to last season. And the fact is, it is quite nice that in general, it doesn't feel entirely game over when we go 1-0 down like it did last season. Albeit, it still does feel, in the recent week, it still mm. now feels like it's reverting back to last season. But, yeah, it is quite depressing when you think, well, we've been fairly positive about Chelsea this season up to the last couple of weeks or so and we're not really much better than last season yeah Fair. it's it's scary it's a it's a mess and it's Chelsea please get your together and it's Sheffield United <laughs> Chelsea. Chelsea. <laughs> yeah Sheffield United next week let's please not let's not turn to charity FC please that's all I ask for please we can we not turn to charity you mentioned at the start they were you know Sheffield United could beat Derby's in the Derby, Derby got 11 points correct I'm thinking that's their record 11 Sheffield I United was... win they equal the 11 points next week so, oh yeah, that's yeah. You box that one off, then that's that's who happening then, is it? <laughs> so I was just thinking, yeah. Unfortunately, Derby's eleven points uh, isn't going to be beaten this season because Burnley got you know Burnley got a point of the weekend, etc. Yeah, unfortunately, but oh, it goes. It tells the state of us. We're scared of Sheffield United. We're scared of bottom of the league. Sheffield United coming up. We, we just don't know what to, fear. We honestly Chris don't know Wilder, what to Chris up. Wilder, who did a pretty shite job at Watford and Middlesbrough. He's like, we're now terrified of him because Sheffield United love him. And he is like, there's a special <laughs> feeling just with him and that football club. But we're just going to get absolutely shithoused like we did in uh, in their first season back in the Premier League. We're just going to oh, get yeah, absolutely got, destroyed. I've got PTSD to that. I'm just thinking Dave McGoldrick, open goal. Oh. Yeah, they'll, get, they'll get him back from League 2 North County and he'll still turn up and score. <laughs> yeah. 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 Especially because oh. Petrovic could be in goal as well. So, you know. We never know. Dear. Oh, dear. Yeah. Scary, scary times next week. Anyway, let's move into some of your guys' listener questions. Uh, First question comes in from RJ. If you're Pochettino, what would be the message or messages you'd be be giving your players post match and up until the next game? Um, There were some funny replies to this uh, before we (laughs) did see one. Um, (laughs) Andy Fish said, proud of the boys, did their best. (laughs) (laughs) Reference. I guess a reference to to Graham Potter last season. And also Poch's bizarre comments, but I missed Wednesday. the time of recording midweek. Mm-hmm. I will just go on with it. Poch said it on like, you know, the boys, like the boys gave everything close to that after their loss to Man United midweek. That was one of the most bizarre things I, I've heard. Because Poch, did you not literally watch your team three days prior against arguably a better side with Brighton when you were exactly. down to 10 men? And the fighting spirit they showed? Isn't he just on time delay, do you reckon? <laughs> it's like, I was like, Podge, that that comment is bizarre anyway, given the circumstances of that game. But it would, it would have like, you, it could be slightly possible if there was literally not evidence a game prior that your team actually did give their did give everything. Um, mm. So yeah, that was Andy's. And uh, someone else said, "I'm getting sacked in the morning, lads." Right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but just got to love this stuff. Jazz, uh, if you're Podge, what would you what would you be say to the, to the boys post match? Um, and up until the next game. In training tomorrow. In training tomorrow. Running. No days off. Just run. Yeah, a lot just of running. Run. We're going to flog you. We're a gonna... lot of running. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. That, that's not bad. I mean, yeah, it's quite... He, I guess also he's got to be careful what he does because this group, 
potentially could be quite soft. You've got to be careful of, you know, them not turning on him, but Poch, do mm. do something, man, because uh, the boy, you, you said the boys give everything after Man United clearly did. Uh, maybe maybe they actually believe that and took that too too seriously um, because, yeah. Oh, I don't know, RJ, but yeah, it would be, Poch has got, Poch got a big, big week because, guys, a side point, Chelsea have good, like, good fixtures coming up, right? This is like, this was meant today, granted it's Everton, but this is meant to be the start of Chelsea having kind fixtures on paper. Yeah, I think I said to one of my mates, actually, I think after today, because I, I just always blacklist everything away, it's a decent run now. Like, I think between, apart from maybe that cup game, which against Newcastle on the 18th or 19th, I think it is, it's a decent run. The only thing that could actually outdo us is if we keep picking up injuries or potentially rotation. Yeah, so I will just read Chelsea's fixture list right now. Sheffield United next Saturday. There is obviously then Newcastle in the Cup. Wolves away Christmas Eve, which I'm sorry, just reeks of a 1-0 loss. I'm just yep. going to call it now. Some some shenanigans. Crystal Palace Christmas at home Wolves. on the 27th. Now, Crystal Palace, you know, should scare us. Low block, etc. Broy Hodgson football. But Chelsea just have a will over Crystal Palace and have an insane rate record against them. Um, Luton on the 30th of December. See, Gabs, Luton have been close against Arsenal and Manchester City in terms of getting a result. I feel it's just written that this is the day they get their big result. And they got a draw out of Liverpool as well. And yeah. probably, you know, Liverpool probably should have lost that. Yeah, I, I've seen it already. Elijah Radabayo, 93rd minute, corner. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully I'm going to try and take a night shift that day so I can just kind of sleep through that one. Uh, and then there's Preston of the Cup on the 6th of Jan. And then 13th of Jan is uh, Fulham before there's a gap before Liverpool on the 31st of Jan, which, you know, top of the table, Liverpool. Does not look at all yep. a scary. All pencil one so, all in Chelsea for that one good, Chelsea have some uh, good fixtures coming up on paper, but uh, we're terrified of, of at least half of them. So that kind of sums it up. But uh, it's it's big for Poch because, as I said, Chelsea, I mean, Gabs, we're only 10 points off 18th place Luton. <laughs> <laughs> Everton is 17th. With 13 points, and without that deduction, they'd be on 23. Everton would be four points clear of us if they'd not had a points deduction. Sean Dyche is Everton. Yikes. Everton. Yikes, yikes, yikes. Well, if anyone from the Premier League is listening, if you could please like look at our financial fair play stuff next season so we don't lose any points this season, that'd be marvellous, thank you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I said, if they did it now and we went to nine, then we'd be outside the relegation zone on goal difference. And all of a sudden, that Luton game on 30th December would look like a massive six-pointer. Oh, so, six pointer. Oh, memories of oh, dear, away. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear, oh, RJ. So yeah, Poch has got a big, big week in his hand, but it's probably I don't know. Just please, set, on a serious point, just settle on a team, settle on a settled back line. It's obviously the first time we don't see Thiago Silva start this season. I don't think the absence of Thiago Silva is why we lost. I think we lose that game. Thiago Silva's in that team anyway, so I'm not gonna make a big deal of that. But uh, yeah, you've got to dig deep, Poch. Dig deep. I don't know, maybe get them to walk on, on coals or something like you, like one of your training <laughs> methods or did. Like get them to walk on coals or something like you did at Spurs or whatever. Mind you, that was before a Champions League final and they lost, so I'm not sure, yeah, I'm not yeah. sure how effective that, <laughs> that was. But I don't know, Poch, do, do do something, please, because I really want this to work out. I really want this to work out because also, just a side point, which we didn't talk about, Poch succeeding at Chelsea would be glorious just because of, you know, Spurs have had our managers and it's not worked and Chelsea getting Poch and succeeding would be glorious just because of the aggro would cause some of my Spurs mates but yeah, Posh, please sort out. I really want you to work out. I just really want you to work out. But uh, yeah, fix up. Um, next question comes in from Colm. Can we continue a free man midfield? And can you see a game plan? I don't see it. I mean, yeah, the midfield is an interesting one because we've the midfield three, of all midfield three, Conor Gallagher has arguably been the best this season. Which, yeah. one, fair play to Conor Gallagher. He's been, he's, you know, turned some heads this season turned some doubters his way, but I also think it's quite damning of maybe the setup and how, you know, Enzo Fernandez and Moises Caicedo, I think while Moises Caicedo has been fine, like I've not looked at him and go, you know, post West Ham really having much of a stinker for Chelsea, but I've, you know, I've not, and he's had some games that were like, okay, wow. But in terms of his general level, I'm just like, fine, you're fine. And Enzo Fernandez, I look at you and I go, yeah, you're fine. You're not, you're not wowing me much. Yeah. So it's just, I, the... just on that, Three man midfield because it is obviously you know two hundred odd million worth of talent there, and they at times fair look do look just fairly ordinary at the moment. So thoughts on can can we continue with a three man midfield? To be honest, I'm I'm always under the impression if it's the results business. We're playing a three man midfield and we're not picking up results. 
So it needs to be looked at. Something will need something needs to change. Teams have clearly figured out how to play against us. And I I know Poch is Poch can tinker, can be have a bit of variety to him, similar to the way Potter did in terms of shaping it differently for different teams. So a weird one because I I've been saying for ages I kind of want to go back to what we did in preseason. That the line that's been playing in preseason because I think we're doing we doing four I think we're doing four two three one weren't we in preseason? And it worked and then we haven't seen it at all this season like at all. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah. and I guess was yeah, he, I, was, I mean, that's... Cooper injury that big that we will not do it again. Well, Gaz, we have got a question on that, so I will let you continue your Nkunku section. Now, well, it's a question because it was a statement. Uh, it came in from JL. Would love to peer around the sliding door where Reese, Chile, and, Kunk- and Nkunku had been fit and firing all season. We'll never know how the season would have gone, but we do know we're nowhere near close to good enough. Well, because, Gaz, that's kind of what you referenced there. Pre season, we had, you know, we had those players. We had Chile, we had Reese, we had Nkunku. Pre season, Chelsea, Carl, they, they, were giving, they were getting us excited. You know, they, they had me predicting oh, yeah. them a sixth place finish in Europa League football. <laughs> Yeah, Duncan Alexander uh, picking, oh, the athletic pop predicting Chelsea to come second. I, that prediction just looks so funny for more. Oh, but yeah, Gabs, you mentioned 44 and then Kunku was obviously a bit a big part of that and his absence goes and Poch kind of abandons that. And look, Poch kind of planned for Chelsea losing Christopher and Kunku. Like, to lose him in preseason the way he did quite late, etc. Frustrating. But it is also, oh. I guess, quite I don't know how Chelsea have, you know, we're also basically a lot of fans are going, oh, when and Kunku back, Comes back, we'll be fine. That's kind of putting your hopes a lot on a man who's, who's had a cut, you know, off the back of quite yeah. a injury or two the last year and a bit. And then obviously, concerning it is concerning for me that people are like treating him like he's going to be some sort of messiah. You know, yeah, that's ringing alarm bells to me. I don't like the if the ex player we haven't seen him play in the Premier League yet. We're banking a lot yeah. on this bloke. We're banking a lot on this bloke. Yeah, I, I'm not See, in that category at all. To be honest, I'd rather... I don't know, maybe from where I've grown up watching Mourinho, defence is the best form of attack. I'd rather focus on actually keeping the ball out of the net first for looking at the other end. I think ultimately we're conceding... We're averaging like two, we're conceding like two goals a game at the moment, weekly. So we need to kind of strengthen up that defence now. Get And then, then we can actually start looking... At the attacking options. I know today is one of those really where we didn't really have a clear cut chance. There's a lot of shooting outside the box and pullbacks, but, but yeah, I don't, know, I don't know where I stand on it really. I'm probably sitting on the fence here, aren't I? <laughs> yeah, and then obviously, Jay, as to your point about, you know, we'd love to see Piramas under where Reese and Chile also fit and firing, but like the evidence is there that you're not going to get that. Like the evidence no. has been there with Reese and Chile for the last, for, for, for this really, for two seasons prior to this one, but that's just not realistic. And Chelsea, you know, well, you thought, you know, Chelsea made that plan with Reese, signing Malo Gusto. Really unfortunate he's out in the moment. And then at left back, Ian Martin is there, but they don't play him. Yeah, they don't play him then, no. They play Levi Colbert at left back. And then, yeah, at times. And then, yeah. So I know, like it obviously it's a it's a really nice world to imagine, but it's also a highly unrealistic world that was never going to happen, just based on the evidence we've got that overseas before. Obviously, Nkunku is the, is a big one because we've not seen him kick a, a ball in competitive action. And I guess Gab's cynical question: Will, will we actually see Christopher Nkunku kick a ball under Mauricio Pochettino? Oh no! Don't don't say that. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm putting up my offside flag there. Fair enough, fair enough. But yeah, that was true. It's a nice, it's a nice idea, Joe. And if we honestly, I reckon if you could just take people back to just preseason. Granted, it was what stupid o'clock. So it's, it's mainly highlights based for me. But just seeing like the good vibes of that Chelsea preseason, winning the the Premier League series, summer cup, or whatever it was, I'll take me back. Take me back. Those those were good days. Those were good days when we when we dreamt big. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was. Yeah, it, it may maybe it was a different world, but also I feel like you've got to. I mean, look, again, it's stupid, but kind of look at Spurs without with the injuries they've had and look at I mean, they've just demolished Newcastle for one today. And I know Newcastle also without injuries, etc. But and you look at the way they've played and they've kind of stuck to their principles, etc. And they've gone to the Etihad and drawn three all. And I, I don't, you know, and I know people sometimes get a bit for this because I, I do have a bit of a bit of a bit, bit of love for, for for Big Ange. But you just look at them and the way they play, they, they've stuck to the way they play, etc. And they've you know, persevered and, you know, they're doing quite well and they're doing okay 
without without their injury, you know, injuries to to arguably bigger players than us, really. Um, you know, because and I think that's no the key thing as well, mate. You hit the nail on the head, really. That you could see what they're trying to do. You could see the identity. You could see. You don't, I don't. I feel like we still don't really get that at Chelsea. We don't see that identity of the plan of what they exactly want to do. Like, exactly. I see feel like sometimes in the big the... games, in the big games, you get like a team full of heart and passion, and it's like it is a bit chaotic and it's good chaos. But then there's just other games where it's just like the energy. If the energy is not quite there, it's just a bit like oh, it's a bit flat. It's a bit possession based without really doing much slow laborious passing it around a bit and just not doing a lot yeah and it's not yeah i think it actually is quite telling but again go back to one maybe that's down to the environment and is under isn't isn't under the pressure potches at chelsea you know these owners have said we want champions league football even though their actions and their way they've spent money doesn't really actually suggest going about the right way to get there but you know when you're under pressure you do perhaps also abandon your principles one of my biggest Criticisms of Graham Potter time at Chelsea was it seemed that after he lost to Brighton four one he got scared and basically abandoned his prince sort of really you know saw some of his principles and just kind of played it a bit safe and dull and didn't really you know play his football but yeah it is it is it is tough and it is yeah just a feeling of ugh with with Chelsea because like I said you just you want it to work but it, it's quite tough at the moment and uh, final question comes in from Dan Hill. I will uh, I will preface this question by saying I love Reese James. Horror show from the team aside, no comment about it speaks for itself. Is it time to give up on Reese and just accept that he will be constantly unavailable for us? What is the solution in that Ooh. regard? I See, mean, I've been thinking big... this for a while now with with him and Chilwell to the point that like he's a give up, give up. I mean, talent. Yeah, I should state Dan give up is big, but like give up can be interpreted in many ways. Like it's quite vague that language like is it just give yeah. up as in like give up on him just not really being available for Chelsea bus you've got to come up with another plan or is it basically just give up and go you get that offer you run you say goodbye to Reese. like it, it, it could go many different ways there but mm-hmm. I mean as for that you said and just accept that he'll be constantly unavailable consistently unavailable so that's I guess the way you're thinking about it what was the solution in that regard Dan well, well I guess we'll throw Chile into this uh, no. pardon sorry sorry ultimately though we signed Gusto and we know Gusto is capable of being First yeah. choice right back, so I wouldn't. So I'd kind of say, in a way, I wouldn't say Chelsea have given up on James, but they've all they've pretty much got in a solid, competent player that that can fill those shoes easily. And yeah. I think that was probably the plan as well when they brought in Cucurella as the as someone that can push Chilwell, and if Chilwell is out of injuries, are capable of just playing there week in, week out. And to be honest, that's probably why they wanted to keep Matson as well. Probably wanted to keep Matson knowing that Chilwell can't really be relied to play 25, 30 games a season. Yeah, I mean, Dan is saying, just, you do kind of just wonder, should things have been so different for Chelsea back in the summer of 2021, post winning the Champions League, could Chelsea have done more to try and keep Tino Livermento at the club? They obviously didn't help themselves going after Ashraf Hakimi and then not getting him. You know, was there a more was there a better time? Could they, have, you know, try to be better moving on Cesar Azpilicueta prior, etc. Obviously, you know, we can argue we've lost. You know, now Malagusta's in. We've got that Reese right back. You know, we've got that that deputy. I said, was solution? I mean, yeah, I think we do just have to accept that Reese. What we get from Reese, it does feel unfortunate that Reese is what twenty four years old. Just get you know, just whenever we get from it is like a luxury. It kind of just feels like we're almost treating Reese James now like we are, like we kind of did Kante. Yeah, towards towards the back end, and we've got nowhere near enough near out of Reese James what we got out of of Kante. So that is quite a shame. And yeah, it is it is obviously quite interesting because I just like full and we look at our well, fullbacks in the modern game are just so important, and ours just aren't available. And Cucurella, for whatever reason, just has not really worked out at Chelsea. He's done okay this season in games at points, but yeah, Dan, I. Obviously, giving up, yeah, I, 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 yeah, Chelsea giving up on Reese James not being available. I think we've just got to come to accept that, yeah, if we get him for 50% of the season, that's great. But we've just got to manage him. And this, like, there's been opportunity. And I said, this is why I said Chelsea management of him, as, as Gaz made a question earlier, for any Greek fans out, which is worse, Chelsea manager of Reese James or England's of Joffre Archer? Because I said, two talents, two talents who have helped their clubs win the biggest, their, their teams win the biggest prize out there. And not really seen enough since then. Um, yeah, it's a big, it's a big 
big question Anne has said yeah it, it said the decision to make it does make the decision every, ooh, every single week to make Reese look look uh make Cap, Reese captain look worse but um yeah I think we yeah we do just have to accept that he will be consistently unavailable for us and we just you know Malo goes there Gab since we do that does that do we then go Chelsea get a first get another right back do we go Jan and get another right back I, I, I honestly right back I'm, I'm not all out of the right back. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because again, <laughs> no, go on. <laughs> I'm just laughing because I just know what this ownership is going to do. They'll probably buy a left back in, the, in January. <laughs> they probably will, won't they? <laughs> he can play right back. He can. He can watch oh, yeah. right. Because and also at a side point, it just makes getting rid of Lewis Hall just even more annoying. Like oh. I know, granted, he wasn't playing loads in pre-season, but it's like. You have actually, you did have fullbacks here, Chelsea. It's not like you didn't have any. You just chose not to use them and sell them. And then you're in a position where you're not really, you know, we're we're resulting without our left back playing right back today. And then till he goes off, yeah, it's yeah, Dan. I know it, it's frustrating. It said, but basically, the one Chelsea's best, uh, Chelsea's best player when available. This isn't, yeah, it's. It's just not a lot of fun, Dan. I think what we established is that talking about Chelsea are just not a lot of fun right now because no. uh, Reese James goes off in again and he isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's <sighs> Chelsea. You you just left us with more questions than answers yet again this week. Uh, it, it's a common theme you tend to do, but yeah, that's all the listener questions we got sent in. It was um just a just a mess. On Sunday, and uh, you know it's Sheffield United next week, so surely we win. But uh, I, I, you know, if you're a betting man, uh, you know it wouldn't be you wouldn't be bad advice to put something on Sheffield United to get something there. Um, but as well, I wouldn't want to be relying on on Chelsea in your accumulator next weekend. <laughs> no, um, no way. It's going to wrap it up for this week's episode of that Chelsea podcast. A pleasure to finally get Gavs on the podcast. A man I've known for a while. Met him going to games at Chelsea. A cricket enthusiast like me, he does support Somerset, unfortunately. Um, hey, but, you know, they're not too, they're not, <laughs> not too bad. Um, and yeah, he's the man you've heard at, at the end of the pods on, on recent episodes. Voice notes say, you know, he's he's got his, yeah, he's got his starring role. He's got his first his first gig on, got on my the cap. pod. Got my cap now. His first cap, yeah. First, first of many <laughs> uh, to come. Um, Gabs, it's been a pleasure, my man. Uh, before you go, tell people where they can find you uh, again. You know, just your ramblings on on life, Chelsea, cricket, whatever. Yep, so you'll find me at 1GFB, Oscar November Echo GFB. Um, you'll see me having a bicker about Mudrick at the moment, actually, so you enjoy that one. <laughs> lovely, lovely stuff. You can follow Gabs, a link will be in the description below. As for us, we're on Twitter, at ThatChelseaPod, or X, at ChelseaPod, Instagram, ThatChelseaPod, or usual podcast platform providers, Apple, Spotify, Google, etc. Whenever I tweet, but put out any likes and reposts go a long way. Uh, if you want to get in touch with the show and you're not on Twitter, etc., you can also send an email to that chelsea pod at gmail.com um yeah if you send send some there i will you know if i i will answer it if if on the show we'll try and get back to you there but yeah uh it's been a pretty grim week for chelsea um as said if you want to look back on if you still haven't listened to man united episode and you just for whatever reason want to you know listen to that then you can um it's been a grim week sheffield united next uh yeah who knows if we lose next week maybe we're in a relegation battle folks uh but yeah until the next episode keep the blue flag flying high Sports Social Podcast Network.